Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. Have you ever felt like you were stuck living in the shadow of someone close to you? I know I have. It's actually been one of the driving forces of my life. And it was the same for today's guest. Sean Brosnan grew up as the son of one of the most famous actors in the world, being Pierce Brosnan, who played James Bond, amongst many other notable characters. He's an award-winning American actor and director who's now working as a counsellor, using his experience to help others. Some of his most famous roles are in TV shows like Duplicate Drama, When Evil Calls, No Easy Days and Generation Kill, and movies such as UFO and Don Peyote. Sean's also had success as a director with films such as The Kid and My Father Die. He earned a Bachelor of Arts in London and a Master's degree in Clinical Psychology. He's worked in the treatment of addiction for over a decade, starting off as a residential advisor and sober companion to eventually starting his own sober living. He used to be a chronic alcoholic and drug addict in and out of jails, psych wards and rehabs. He lost his mother at the age of eight to ovarian cancer and his sister to the same disease when he was 29. When he was 16, he was in a severe car crash while in the pickup bed of a 1978 Chevy Blazer. It went barreling off a 250 foot cliff with a friend driving and it took him over 13 months before he could walk again. Through his personal journey he's been able to develop a united philosophy of mental physical and spiritual health that's enabled him to help others find their meaning and purpose as well as aid them on their journey of healing and self-discovery i thoroughly enjoyed this interview i'd I'd go as far as saying it's my favorite interview i've done for move your mind purely because we had so much in common i couldn't believe it from both being in a car crash at a young age how we grew up to the experiences we had to the industries we entered to now our mutual missions in trying to help people in mental health. I highly recommend you listen all the way through. It went for almost an hour and a half, and we could have honestly kept going for another five hours. Thanks again for supporting Move Your Mind, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. And just a reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book, and you can join the Move Your Mind community by simply going to moveyourmind.me. And for the 10-year anniversary of Underbrax, we're donating a dollar from every sale towards mental health and you can find all of the links for that at underbrax.com nick brax and movie mind this is take three uh guest sean brosnan and there we go that, that's the start of the, the episode sure. yeah <laughs> take three this is like um i feel like we are making a film here we're trying all these that's right we are we are this is the beginning of the comedy skit right here that's it it's uh <laughs> This is the pitch. This is how we're going to pitch it to people. We just keep messing with the Zoom recording links. And, you know, all of a sudden I say, I'm Nick. You say, you're shot. We just really confuse them. There we go. Exactly. That's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hilarious. But no, I was saying to you before, it's like, seems every single time there's some some technical thing. But um, anyway, we're, we're good. We're here. We're um, seems to be working. Hopefully it doesn't stuff up again. Yes. Um, but look, for the for the third time, I'm going to say to you, Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I get to thank you so many times, mate. But thank you for yes. um, <laughs> keep, for keep it coming too. Keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for getting me out of bed at five thirty on a Sunday morning. 
I, right. I really, I really appreciate that. No, like it's, um, it, I was saying before, it's, I, I, it's a good reason to get out of bed. I love starting the day doing these things. So, um, I'm glad I can talk to you, you know, while you're on the other side of the world, um, sitting in, you know, whatever the, um, temperature is there. I don't know in Celsius what, what it is, but it's, it's hot. So yeah, thank you for, <laughs> for making the time. You are so welcome. Honored to be here. And yes, it is hot, very hot, but, uh, that's okay. It looks like I'm in a luxurious office right now, but it, this is a, a garden shed in my garden in Boise, Idaho, that I converted into an office. So, um, you know, we uh, make do with what we can, but you would never know, right? Doesn't it look like I, I would be like, welcome to the, uh, to the estate. <laughs> it looks great. It looks, it looks great. You should yeah. run your, you could, you could run your own, you know, your own online show out of that for sure. It looks like it that's right. know, look, looks apart. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's all set. That's, that's a thing yeah that's a thing mate no no but yeah appreciate it and you know i'm like i had a couple of chats to you you know leading up to this and um yeah like just really love your story and everything you're doing and i think it's really inspiring and you know amazing amazing um there's so many amazing things that i think we can just discuss on this so you know so great to be able to do it and i guess um before we get into it are you able to give a for our audience so they can learn a bit more about you give a background on yourself and your story and how you came to you know doing what you're doing today yeah yeah 100 um you know so i i god I, I started off uh i never thought i'd be doing what i'm doing today so let me say what it is that i'm doing today today i'm um you know i'm i'm licensed as a licensed professional counselor in, in the state of Idaho. Um, I'm an associate marriage and family therapist in the state of California. And then I um, licensed in a few other states uh, working under a uh, supervisor. And so basically I'm in the, I'm in the mental health field. Um, I've got a master's in clinical psychology, which was all, you know, kick, bollock and scramble, as they say. It's uh, It was a last minute U-turn in my life to to figure out what to do with myself. Um, I think we will always have to figure out what to do with ourselves, right? It's, uh, it's a good thing to, to, to know what we're doing and um, which direction we're headed. So but before all that, you know, the real pivot came about uh, seven years ago now. Um, before that, coming up on seven years, yeah. Before that, I was, I was, uh, I was acting and writing and directing producing. I was in the film industry. Um, I grew up in the film industry. My dad's an actor, uh, Pierce Brosnan, um, you know, known for you know, playing James Bond and Mamma Mia and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, I have a you know, great story about good old Robin, you know, bless his heart. Uh, and so, you know, I, I grew up in that world. And I guess if my dad was a uh, you know, a carpenter, I would have probably thought, you know, we're going to carpentry. Um, I didn't really know what to do with myself. Uh, so I went in to acting and, um, you know, I liked it. I, I uh, was in the theater for a while. I went to drama school. So I got my, um, in undergrad, my, my bachelor's in double majored in English and, and drama and uh, English lit and drama and um, so that was a fantastic opportunity because I got to play, you know, a lot of the characters I would never get to play, um, 
as a professional actor. So, you know, well, maybe I would, but probably most likely not, uh, you know, like Richard III and Sheenan from Chekhov's Three Sisters. And anyway, uh, some great roles and had a great time at some of my best friends who I'm still friends with today. And then, um, you know, along the way, I, I, I think my ambitions were not necessarily uh, in, in, the right, in the right place. You know, I got it. It's very easy to get swept away, especially these days, um, you know, with, with the idea of celebrity, right? Especially growing up with, uh, you know, the, in the, as a father who's a celebrity, as a, you know, famous, well-known, um, it's very easy to, to kind of get sucked into the, the, the vortex of, uh, what is an illusion and what is real and i guess you know the inverted hierarchy of values let's say uh within the machine that is um entertainment uh you know big money entertainment and anyway i i kind of uh, lost my way i did lose my way and and you know i was drinking a lot and doing a lot of drugs and it wasn't because of the entertainment industry had a whole bunch of other things that but that certainly didn't help Right. It wasn't like, oh, here's a roadmap to how to how to live a healthy lifestyle. It was like, oh, no, you, you know, it's all very, um, be very superficial. So, so I got really wrapped up in that and uh, I was acting and then I went to directing and um, writing and directing. And I was I you know, made a feature film um, called My Father Die, you know, which is, makes me laugh now because <laughs> uh, you know, after studying some of the stuff I've studied and I look back at like, you know, not knowing what I know now back then and going, oh, right. Okay. So there were some things going on. Um, and, you know, I love my dad, so nothing to do with my dad, but, you know, it's a uh, deep psychological rooted archetypal stuff in that. And, but it was, the, the movie was based on, um, on a, on a Irish play, 18th century play by, by J.M. Singh called Playboy, the Western world, where basically this young farm boy kills his father with a shovel and, uh, and he thinks his dad's dead. He buries him. And dad comes back. It's the boy runs away to a different town, becomes a hero for killing his father, right? We kind of uh, playing on a lot of you know, archetypal myths here, kind of Greek mythology. And, and anyway, it turns out dad's not dead. He comes out of the ground and comes after his son. And the whole third, you know, the end of the third act is, you know, them outside of this bar. And anyway, so I basically adapted that into like a, you know, um, deep south, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> B movie. I mean, I just bastardized this poor play. James Singh's probably rolling in his grave, going, "Oh my god!" I mean, it, it, anyway. So, from all that, um, I was really looking back now, channeling a lot of darkness into what I was doing, and uh, you know, channeling my own pain and suffering into what I was doing, and got consumed by it. I think, um, and and then it. There, there was a kind of tipping point, right? We don't know what we don't know. And, um, you know, things got, got pretty dark and my daughter was born. She's seven now. And, uh, you know, we, we basically ran out of money and kind of cutting a long story short here, but um, it, it got really bad and I didn't know what else to go do. You know, uh, my best thinking was, at the time, you know, it did get so dark. I, I was really contemplating killing myself. That, that was the uh, that was the 
know, the, the best thinking I had in the moment um, because I just, you know, I was a tornado. Right? And it seemed like everything I turned, everything I touched turned to shit. <laughs> you know, I was just hurting people left and right, including myself. And, um, and, I, and I didn't know what to do. And uh, a mentor of mine, you know, sent me this video and the video kind of touched home a bit and um, made sense. And basically the kind of message was like, you know, what else are you an, an expert at besides what it is that you're doing if you want to get out of the thing you're doing? And the irony was, you know, the, the gold was to be found in the wound itself. And, um, but that meant I would have to sacrifice quite a bit in order to, to kind of change things, uh, get really humble essentially. Um, so I, I realized I'm, I know quite a bit about doing drugs and drinking alcohol, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, my siblings have suffered, you know, my, my older siblings, my sister, you know, um, uh, no longer with us anymore, not because of that, because of ovarian cancer, which my mother had. And, uh, but, you know, she, she battled alcoholism. My older brothers battled, battled alcoholism and addiction and same as me. And he's doing great now. And, uh, so I knew it, it was in my family. Um, and certainly in me and, and I was like, Oh shit, I think that's, um, probably what I, you know, that's what I know. I was like, I bet if I got my act together somewhat, I could maybe pull us out of this, uh, financial mire that we're in and, um, you know, the, the dreams that I had of being the person that I thought I wanted to be and living a lifestyle that I thought I wanted to have. Um, I had to really ask myself some, some hard questions about, well, why do I want that? You know, why, why, like, is it for really, is it for me or is it for somebody else? Is it to prove something? Is it to, and, uh, very hard questions to, to grapple with, and I wouldn't say I figured those out straight away. I'm still figuring them out, but I got them down somewhat. And um, so I, I basically, you know, I haven't told anybody this, so you're the first one to know, Nick. I appreciate <laughs> don't it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't let tell anyone anybody. Know. I trust you, buddy. I trust you. Uh, <laughs> don't air this anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Uh, but uh, you know, so I went and uh, you know, I I was like, I'm gonna go work for rehab. Um, so in order to work for a drug and, all, drug and alcohol rehab, you have to have at least usually two to five years of sobriety under your belt. Uh, I had three months and um, I, I lied and I said I had two years and I got the job and I was, you know, collecting, you know, pissed for you ways to drug test people and getting spat on. And, you know, it was just such a, such a, you know, I've had that stuff kind of in other aspects of my life, like, you know, going to jail and being in rehab myself and that kind of thing. But all of a sudden now having to be the one to keep that cool and going through my own struggle and then being in such a, you know, the one in authority in a, in a place that, you know, I think I went to something crazy, like 18 rehabs, wow. a bunch of uh, sober livings, a few psych wards, you know, did the, did the gamut, a few little, um, you know, a couple of days here and there and in, in jail and just, just stupid 
stupid stuff. And so all of a sudden to be on the other side, and not only that, but to be trusted with a set of keys that opens up a medicine cabinet where you have literally like <laughs> this Pandora's box of just goodies, you know, everybody's, you know, and they like, because they confiscate drugs off people when they come in. So they put them into this lockbox. And now I have the keys to this lockbox and I have three months of sobriety. So now I see why they say, you know, you should have two to five years. Um, and uh, that was it. I like, I knew I was, I was done and uh, uh, something just felt right. And I didn't even know at that point that I was going to go into mental health. I just knew that this was a job. This is something I knew. I, I, these are my people, um, you know, and I, I could relate. Uh, you know, it's like I could quite easily be in the, in the bed there. And um, mm. if they only knew. Uh, and so and then it was a therapist there who basically said, have you ever thought about going back to school? And um so I went back to school to get my master's and, you know, I was doing that and then working as a dishwasher at night and then um, working in the, in the rehab during the day and, um, and then doing other odd jobs for, for a good two years whilst doing my master's program. And yeah, that was, you know, so quite the, you know, dish work as uh, Robert Bly calls it in uh, a book called iron john which is great for anybody listening it's a, it's a incredible book about yeah it's amazing yeah you know going and gotta go uh, do some ash work into the ashes and uh figure it out and get humble and um yeah so that's kind of how how it happened a little bit i mean there's a lot more to it but uh i, I love what i'm doing now it's, you know it's amazing well, yeah, first of all, thank you for, for sharing it. And I mean, there's, you've got, a, it, it's an incredible story and there's so many, too, so many things, too many to, you know, things that I want to talk about to even fit into this, you know, episode today. We might have to record a few, few other um, ones subsequently, but no, so, so many different things. And uh, I mean, I guess like as well, and I talked to you about this when I first connected with you, um, I guess so many parallels from both of our lives. So I sort of relate to so yeah. many of the things you're talking about and you know I've, i grew up in um in australia in a different version i guess in a political family really well-known father since i was 12 years old he was one of the most you know well-known people in in the state i grew up in and i was in the shadow of him and then it's like these identity things and i was trying to prove myself and then i was trying to do things for the wrong reasons and got in trouble alcohol abuse um and then got into the mental health through that and I find it so fascinating and love being able to connect with someone like you because it's such a, I mean, one of the questions, I guess, it's such a unique and lonely and difficult thing to to deal with because there's no blueprint on it. It's not like we're taught in school or, you know, told how, how the hell are you going to um, learn to manage yourself when you're growing up in that kind of environment. I can only imagine for you, you know, what that was, was like. And I, I remember for me, I, I would be asked, um, from and even to this day, when I'm back in Australia, you know, um, you're I'm referred to as Steve Brax's son, and I would literally, yeah, I, yeah. I love my dad, I'm so proud of him, but I would want to punch people in the face and be like, you know, fuck yeah. you, I'm 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 Nick Brax, and that drove me to you know down this path of trying to think how do I do things on a public level where I can become so famous that I can become Nick Brax mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. You know how 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 difficult was that for you? dealing with all of that and then trying to find your identity through it. It must've been such a hard thing to navigate. And probably to this day, I guess, like for me, you know, it still is. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, great question. And I think it's, it's like with anything you're, you're grappling with, I think different, uh, um, you know, this is why I kind of like the, the, the depth psychologists, you know, like young and, and you know, the, the idea that it's when people say, Oh, you know, um, so-and-so son, Oh, it's, it's so-and-so son. It's, it's already the projection, uh, their projection of who you are based on the persona of your father is now out there and you can either unconsciously perhaps which i was doing you know fall try to fall into that to fulfill that to 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 go oh see this is already a sense of connection and you know uh love let's say but not really it's a it's a it's an illusion of right it's uh but if i step into it perhaps then it's there and then you know i'm fulfilling something that you're you're imagining you're projecting that yeah. you're seeing and um and then i in turn get to uh connect with you on a level that perhaps i feel afraid that you wouldn't be willing to connect with me on if you knew me for me right so it's like or you can pull back from it um and and you know hide from hide from it right it's 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 a very interesting it, growing up i think with with a you know a father or or mother who's in the spotlight, um, you know I can only imagine what like you know Prince Harry, Prince William, like like oh, this kind insane. of level yeah. of scrutiny and picking apart and uh, you know everything you do is just you know I, I, I'm amazed I got away with some of the shit I got away. <laughs> To be honest, like no one found out. I'm like, wow, no one found out. That was incredible. Um, you know, just uh, it's a very anxiety inducing, I, I think. And, um, you know, you don't really know. I think growing up when I was younger, once again, the, the projection of also there's the underlining thing with, I think, uh, friends with your peer group of, um, you know, there can be an underlining thing, not always, but uh, of especially when you're young, you know, in your early teens and stuff of, of like envy or um, once again, the idea of who they think, how they think it is, right? Uh, how, how they imagine it is. And uh, but yet again, we want the connection. And I think this goes for, I've heard this quite a bit with, uh, you know, just um, men and women whose, whose parents aren't necessarily even famous, but just with a, you know, very wealthy or very successful in the academic field, or, um, you know, there's some type of, uh, you know, very big persona that is out there that they feel they have to contend with. Um, and we don't, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's still something that's, that's work in progress, you know, but, um, it's interesting. It's a, and, and like you're saying, I think it's, a universal theme where you know everyone in some degree is trying to forge their own identity or work out what it you know what their own purpose is what you know what's meaningful to them who they are um in some level it just elevates it all and i think it it probably means that you sort of have that existential crisis maybe earlier which you know if you can come through it can be a good thing and you know lead to like right. the stuff that we're both you know doing doing now but it's it's the coming through it part that's the scary part you know because it can go either way if i look back on you know reflect on certain things i'm like wow i'm like so lucky that you know a couple of different things didn't 
um, didn't happen, you know, differently. Um, so it's, it's really learning, learning from it. But I, I guess the other thing as well, and you were talking about it before, and, you know, when I was looking you up before this, I was like, God, this guy's actually done, like, you've, you've, you've done a fair bit in the, in the acting world. Um, you were alluding to it when you were telling your story. Was that difficult as well when you were, I guess, um, you know, you're in, for all intensive purposes, you're actually having success in, in that, in that world. But then in your mind, you're probably thinking, well, um, you know, what, what, it's not, it's not enough. What the hell do I need to do, you know, in this industry to prove that I'm enough? Because compared to my dad, you know, I'd have to do so many freaking, you know, go to such a level and it's not a realistic way to look at it. And then, then it becomes like not even the reason that you want to do acting. It should be, you know, about storytelling and enjoying the you know whole process of doing it. And you just, it'd be so confusing. It'd be that in, in an industry yeah. that already is incredibly convoluted and confusing. Yes. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things too that it. So when, when I talked about before, it's like either you can step into it, but if you have the awareness when you step into it of what it is that you're kind of stepping into, and that um, having a sense of self, grounding oneself, and stepping into it, which is something that I didn't do. Right, oftentimes we will. I'm gonna forge. You know, I'm gonna forge it on my own. Like. Looking back now, I had many opportunities that I said no to because it was uh, pride. Essentially, it was pride and I could do it on my own. Mm. And I don't need to like, you know, going to drama school underneath an alias, like all this stuff where I was just I wanted to um, I was fighting against it. Right. And, and you know, in hindsight, now yeah. coming up on 40, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, it's a uh, it's a it's a you know, there's certain things in life that don't don't necessarily come again and you know don't look a gift horse in the mouse kind of kind of kind of thing in the mouse in the mouth um and you know, mouse, it, you know it's yeah in the mouse or yeah <laughs> the mouse. and um so it, it was looking back it, it was uh, i was stepping away and i was you know so afraid of of not not necessarily comparison but of the idea of you know if you take it on right like hypothetically if you were to go into politics right if you take it on you know when when somebody's already made their mark right and it's like there's it's a lot to to say okay i'm 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 going in and i'm going to go through every door that gets opened right because then there's a huge amount of responsibility is a huge amount of uh weight that gets thrown on and and you know you're taking on battles that are aren't even your own at that point it's it's like i'm going to take on these battles and so it's like are we being you know in my mind it was like am i being courageous by saying no to these things or is it really because i'm afraid to walk through the door and to to say yes to take on the responsibility to to actually you know suit up and show up uh even when i don't want to all, all this kind of stuff you know um which you know someone once i had i had a friend or it was an acting teacher someone said though you know you're, you're never really gonna know what it means to be an actor until you have a child <laughs> until you right. have a, until you have a kid and uh, and I kind of get what they mean by that, by you know the idea of like of really taking on responsibility and, and something so much like loving something so much, you know, beyond one's self and your partner, and which is a different kind of love, but something that you're willing to sacrifice, you know, a, a hill you're willing to die on and do anything for this kid, and uh, mm. you know, which so just changes your yeah. perspective i guess on yeah it gives oh, you that yeah. that depth of yeah 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 
So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but I forget what the question was. But it's uh, no, it's it, you did, you did, and it's interesting. And you know, you were saying like, and if I equate it in my own life, if I did ever into politics, I'd have this thing in my head thinking, well, if I don't become the bloody prime minister of this country, I've failed because um, right. how do I live up to what my dad did? If I do anything less than it, then, you know, I'd, I, my ego would probably, you know, I'm better with that stuff these days. I still got it there. It's like so hard to avoid. Yeah. You're thinking, cause you're, you're looking at your dad and you're thinking, well, I'd be, well, I would be, I'd be thinking I need to, how am I enough if I can't do what my dad did? You know, I got to, <laughs> which it's a crazy thing, but you can't, you can't live life that way, but it's just such a, it's a mind, it's a mind fuck really all that sort of, sort of stuff and trying to find, you know what it is yeah. that, that you you know what 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 you really want to do um and and i and i guess in and the, the other parallel i i forgot to say as well was um we were both in car accidents i mean you you weren't driving in your one from what i from what i read but yeah i had a car accident where i was i was drink driving and very lucky to survive the whole thing um but you know there's that parallel as well and then you've had you lost your your mom early on so you've had so many things to to deal with i mean i think it's incredible you've come through and you, you know say you're almost 40 you're still young you know like to be where you are the experiences you had you know looking at your life where, where you're at and what you're doing i think it's it's pretty cool you know it's like there's so many things and you've got so much you can bring to the world from that and it's like this i, I always look at life where you know i wouldn't things happen in the past a lot of you know good things bad things things some things that you wouldn't go and do again um but I don't have regret over any of it because when you look back, all of it connects to give you the depth and the experience and become the person you are now where, like you're saying, if you didn't go through all of these different things, you wouldn't then have the actual real world experience to go and be able to help people on the level that you can now. So it sort of all comes full circle, but you can only see that when you reflect on it. I don't even know where I'm going here with this, this question, but yeah. Um, I mean, I have a question yeah. in, in your car accident. How bad you were pretty injured, right? I was, so I was, my friend was really badly injured. He had, um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's he, right. it was pretty, pretty full on. So it was, he was lying across the back seats of the car. Um, we're going oh, yeah, yeah. like 90 kilometers an hour. I don't know in miles what that is, but you know, going fast, it was raining. Um, I actually had, um, I had one of those old Saabs. It was like a 1980 Saab and had a, a cassette player that you had to remove to, you know, get it to. And I had this like old um, best of red hot chili peppers tape. And I was playing under the bridge at full blast. We're screaming the lyrics. It's like a scene off a film. Um, both yeah. screaming. He's lying across the backseat of the car and something clicked in my head as I'm doing it. And, and I went to, and this is my oldest friend. We had been through primary school you know known him since i was a really young kid um and we yeah we're both sort of obviously incredibly drunk not knowing what we're doing i go to turn the car around as we're going at that speed it hit a traffic island just span out of control um and i remember that again like on a film everything i guess the adrenaline kicked in you sort of witnessing this split second moment happen thinking you know i might die here um and the car just got crushed in half and the side his head was facing was the side that um that hit the um tree so had he he had a reflex action to jolt up otherwise he would have been killed um he ended up having like a gash out of his arm face had to you know get surgery so it was pretty pretty severe i was had whiplash and stuff like that and pretty lucky like it could have the police that saw it said they'd never seen you know car accident where anyone survived that severe so and then it became you know the biggest story in the country for 
weeks on end and crazy things. So, you know, very grateful that it wasn't worse, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Wow. Did you, uh, I think I asked you this before, but did you, you didn't have any like legal, did you go to jail or anything like that? Were you drinking? I was, I was incredibly, yeah, I was way over the limit. I, I did. I, so, um, I remember actually people running out of their houses and, um, I, I ended up calling the police myself because I was like, by that point, I'm like, fuck, I just want to deal with this. And, um, ended up having, you know, losing my license, getting, having to go to court, getting, you know, getting a conviction for a period of time, having to, um, having to pay fines and whatever else. So there was, there was yeah, not not yeah. jail, but there was a you know a whole process to it. Definitely, process, that came yeah. yeah. yeah and then all the pub the public part as well. You know, like it was sort right, of of course. But it was the crazy. And sorry, yeah. I, I, um, this is this is good. You know, I, I actually like it when this happens. I'm getting interviewed on 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 my podcast. It's like <laughs> I like the reversal. Um, yeah. No. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, I like it. That's I like intense, it. But, though. but it, it was the craziest thing where um, I you know. It, my dad was in politics at the time. So they were at their holiday house two hours away. And I was in the police station at eight in the morning. And I remember them coming in the room and saying, look, you got to call your dad immediately because this is going to be all over the news in 30 minutes. And that was the hardest call I've ever had to do because you're sitting there and you're just like, fuck, you know, and this is after my life's just been spiraling for, you know, such a long time. Um, parents, I remember them telling me they would be, at home just praying they don't get a phone call that you know because every weekend they're like something's going to happen to this this kid he's out you know just and if i look back i'm yeah. like shocked that i made it through the whole thing i'm just like how did i because this was weekly you know yeah. i'm like how did i survive this whole freaking you know all this crazy shit that i was doing um but that yeah so i had to sort of call him because otherwise you'd open the you know listen to the news and hear what had happened it was it was pretty horrific but yeah, full on thing. And then he was having to deal with that in the media and whatever else, you know. Um, so it was, it was crazy, mate. It was, um, yeah, it was a a turning point or a learning experience, but something that was pretty, pretty unusual to deal with. Yeah. I mean, the thought of having to call, you know, your, your dad under such high stakes like that. I mean, you probably didn't know at that point if your friend was going to live or not. Um. Yeah, as it was, I mean, yeah, by that point, I at least knew he had gone and, and yeah, he, he had sort of walked home and I mean, I didn't, I, I knew he was probably okay to a degree, but I don't know, you know, you, you, your mind's just going in so many different places and, and actually my dad, um, he, he was one of the most successful, um, it's premier, which is similar to like a governor of California, that kind of thing. And yeah. one of the most successful in history. And he was in his third term and he was already, he was planning on, you know, retiring and he ended up um, sort of stepping down later that year. And this was after all this involved. And then publicly people decided, uh, you know, your son's ruined your career. Even I, I knew the truth. So it was all right. But you know, you're going, I'd be going out walking down the street. People are coming up. You, you fucking ruined your dad's career. You caused him to, you fucked him up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you, you're having people yeah. yell this stuff at you. So you, you're dealing with all these, you know, a crazy, Shame, crazy thing. Shaming, people shaming you and, and having your own shame to deal with and guilt and fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's, yeah, it's it's confusing, mate. And, and you know, to, to this day, the thing, I was listening to, you know, what you were saying in your story before. And I think 
for me, the biggest thing to this day, and often even for reasons I can't even understand, is anxiety is the thing that I struggle with. I've just mm. constantly got this thing in the back of my mind of, is something terrible going to happen? Or I don't know, it's a weird thing, even when things are going well. And I just, it's yeah. been the hardest thing where I don't know if I'll ever completely get rid of it and you work on it. But I think even listening to what you were saying, it's probably helped me understand, okay, it probably is, you know, this this is pretty full-on stuff to try and, you know, can take a lifetime to work through. Yeah. You know, um, have you ever read the book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score? I actually, um, my girlfriend was telling me to read that a few times. I haven't read it yet. I, I've got that like on a list. I really, you know, think I yeah. probably should. Yeah. It's a, I got to reread it. In fact, it's, it's, um, but it's really good. Uh, you know, how this all, you know, 80% of the input that we get is, through our body and then our brain makes the narrative around it and usually the narrative is in order to protect us from future th- life-threatening events or perceived life-threatening events so our whole kind of ans or autonomic nervous system and our, our sympathetic nervous system we're in a state of hyper arousal and, and i'm sure you know this stuff already but I, I relate a lot to that to the anxiety piece of uh you know feeling like the other shoes are going to drop at some point um and almost being comfortable in a certain amount of chaos like when things get too good right it's almost more uncomfortable you know it, it at least you know for, for me in, in in my trajectory thus far when things are going so smooth it's like oh shit when it when it when i usually it's like when am i going to self-implode that's kind of the thought that, that goes that goes not so much now but um but you know certainly like a, a car accident like that um and but then compounded you know, like kind of chronic trauma, really, not just the acute trauma of the actual accident itself, but the, but then, you know, the people shaming you and, and feeling ashamed and, and the guilt. And then, you know, you know, another, you know, Victor Frankl talks about that a lot about how we deal, you know, with, with the guilt and rising, rising above it, his work with prisoners, um, you know, of, of, you know, not, forgiving ourselves necessarily for you know what we did but but realizing that who we are today is and who we were then and and then actually doing better rising above above it and going well what am i how am i going to transmutate this into something uh alchemically you know gold right like turn it into something that's that's um has 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 value to it uh but yeah that's that's really that's really heavy. I mean, the guy who's driving the car I was in, he went to he he went to jail because I was a minor when it happened. He was 18, and um, so they charged him, and it was in the paper. So it was like oh, well. they made a public example of him, and he's still my, you know, one of my best friends, and and same as well. Like we were friends since we were little kids, and um, and his brother was in the car too. There, there were six of us, but uh, you know they the I think the officers when he was in jail were you know told him i had died you know they were like you killed your friend you know? um yeah and i because i think so, some kind of release came out that i had died in one page something like that um and so you know i, I think that really messed with, it, with his head um and you know i know he's still dealing with uh you know we, we talk about it here and there you know, but it's uh, we'll text each other on the anniversary. I don't know if you ever text your buddy on the anniversary of it, 
but you know, we'll, we'll text each other of like, and I can feel it in my body on the anniversary. Something feels, you know, like I'm bracing for impact almost. Um, wow. And, how, yeah. how, how, how severe was the crash or yeah, what happened in, in, the, in that one? Um, so <laughs> the similarities, they get thicker. Um, <laughs> so I, I wasn't driving. I was, in, I was laying down in the pickup bed. Uh, just oh, right. Front. Um, yeah, there you go. Instead of the back seat, I was, I was happy. There was three, three guys in front of me. And I was in the pickup bed. I think it was like a 1975 Ford Bronco, something like that. And I was um, canopy roof. And I remember, you know, we were drinking and uh, it's like three in the morning and we decided to go up this mountain and go off-roading at three in the morning as you do. <laughs> a bunch of you know, like teenagers getting drunk. And, um, and, uh, and, and, I remember like one of the last things I was like messing around with one of my friends, we were like shadow boxing or, or punching each other essentially. And I, I just remember he hit me quite hard. That's how I thought I ended up in the hospital when I came to that he hit me. I didn't even remember the car accident. Um, oh. And, but then I bits and pieces came back and it was like, Oh, I remember saying I'm, I'm, I'm riding in the back with the beer. <laughs> that was my, that was my thinking. I was being so cool at 16, you know, and I jumped in the back and, and we yeah. had like Slayer playing, um, driving down these back road fire trails in this, you know, six inch lift Bronco, with giant tires. And, and, uh, and I just remember seeing sparks because my feet were up against the, the window here and my head's back here and I'm can't see anybody in the front, but I can see out the back and I can see the moon. And then all of a sudden, uh, there were sparks coming outside where my feet were in the window in front of me, in the side window in front of me. And I and I heard uh, the driver the driver say, you know, hold on, everybody, hold on. I thought he was joking, so I grabbed onto twenty two bottles of beer. <laughs> so I like grabbed on this case of glass <laughs> beer bottles because that's what you do. Um, you know, prefrontal cortex hasn't fully formed yet until you're at least twenty five as a male. Um, so, so <laughs> and uh, and. He, he made the right decision because we were going to roll off sideways and he drove into it, hit the accelerator and we went off a 350 foot cliff and then it goes down another about 200 feet, but slowly kind of even evens out, you know, but there was a, there was a, like a good solid drop in the beginning and uh, we rolled, rolled head over heels. And um, I went out of the truck, like catapulted out of the truck. Uh, first I like slammed through everybody, went back, and uh, went out of the truck. And when I hit the floor, I broke my hips and, um, you know, I ruptured my bladder and my stomach and my rib was sticking out the side, which I had a white t-shirt on at the time. My t-shirt was red. It was We're just uh, being covered. Yeah. Covered in blood and, and a whole bunch of other internal injuries and uh, broken bones. But um, I'm pretty sure that I think the, the way it happens is that I went out of the truck and then the truck rolled over me. And then went down and then I was out um, and then uh, came to, to the sound of my friend, the driver screaming, looking for his brother. His brother was in the car uh, and his nickname was Buzz and he was, you know, screaming, Buzz, Buzz, like flipping over debris, trying to find his brother. And I just remember the sound of his voice. You see, you never know. I mean, we, we, I, we ride motorcycles and we crashed cars before. It, it wasn't like... <laughs> 
so I didn't know how bad it was. Plus, I was drunk, so I didn't really know. But his scream, I was like, oh, okay, this is not good. This is definitely not good. And yeah. then um, I looked down and like literally my, I was staring at my ass. My hips had rotated. Uh, so my lower portion of my body and I remember kind of untwisting myself, trying to walk, hearing cracks, fell, and then felt something on my inner bicep, lifted up my shirt, my ribs out the side, and then blacked out. Um, not very good with my own blood, fine with other people's blood, my own blood, pass out, you know, good with, you know, ink going in, but blood coming out, not good. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, I heard some, I heard some, what could have been, you know, an argument about whether or not to leave me at the bottom of the mountain. Um, and it was dark. It was about four in the morning at this point, I think. And then uh, and I passed out again when I came to silence, nothing. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, they left me. Um, I was like, they, they bounced because I, everyone was drinking. And I was like, right. you know. and, and in my mind, I was like, I mean, I would, you know, it makes sense, you know, and, and like, we've done these things before and I probably walk away and no one had like really serious injuries. So I don't, maybe they just assumed that, I, but they didn't walk away. So that's a, but I, yeah. I thought they did. They'd gone to go get cell reception. Um, but I do remember thinking, and, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't really mention this too, but I had a, a bit of a, a numinous, uh, NDE experience, near death experience, but, um, you know, like I, I, I remember feeling because I had a punctured lung, my breathing was slowing down. I was getting extremely cold. I could hear coyotes now, uh, because we're in the, you know, Santa Monica mountains. And um, I can I can hear coyotes and I'm bleeding out profusely, so it's like that's probably not a good thing. And um, I just remember thinking, uh, okay, I'll just try and breathe out and and trying to breathe out. And then it was so weird, Nick. I didn't see her, didn't hear her, but I smelt my mother. Like she had this very distinct smell, um, a very very distinct uh, like this oil of lay moisturizer mixed with like honeysuckle and you know it's a very <laughs> distinct smell and i and i smelt it and uh, and it was like it was it, it, the smell told me to breathe it, it, it was very strange it was like breathe like almost screaming breathe and so i did so i instead of breathing out i kind of went, <gasps> tried to breathe back in and then um felt a white light and it wasn't that white light it was a helicopter above me Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. They had found me and uh, a bunch of firemen came rappelling down and uh, threw me in the roll cage and got me out of there. And um, and then they were like, your dad's in the helicopter. And I just remember thinking, oh, fuck. Oh, wow. I was like, if this didn't kill me, he's definitely going to kill me. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I was like, oh, God, if this didn't kill me. He's definitely going to kill me. And um, so, you know, I had to ham it up in that moment and be like, I'm sorry. 
Actually, I didn't even have to ham it up that much. I just knew well enough to say, I'm sorry, of course. And, and then I, that was it. And I woke up like two weeks later. I think they put me in like an induced coma and um, oh, wow. woke up two weeks later in the ICU. Um, yeah, brutal, brutal. And that, but that's anyway, all of that to be said that uh, I, I still feel, you know, not my felt sense, right, is still... Um, and it still lives with me in a, in a, in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think I've worked through it, but I don't think we ever, you know, work through, you know, the trauma that we that we have. And I think it's such a big buzzword nowadays, you know, trauma, trauma, everything's mm. trauma. I think we are very resilient individuals. And I think do, things do happen to us that are very traumatic, right? Um, and I don't think we can heal them, you know, in a one ayahuasca ceremony or you know a quick breathworks breathwork session or like i think it takes time and uh and awareness um and, and connection and uh but i don't think it ever really you know and nor you know part of me doesn't want it to ever go you know because it's mine hundred well yeah thank you for sharing i mean what a story that's that's crazy so it's yeah i mean it's literally something yeah you'd look back on and be like thank god i su- survived that we came through it but it's just yeah, an amazing story but i what you're saying there i think it's so so true that we you know there's too much of this stuff out there now where it's like you know we've got to find enlightenment and people looking for a quick fix and everyone's everyone yeah. on instagram's like doing some meditation thing or this or that and these are all you know good things to to explore doing but yeah. there's no there's no end to all this. There's no, no sort of, there's no silver bullet. It's no panacea to, you know, you don't reach any point of, and it's a whole problem. It's like, it's almost applying the societal problems of, um, you know, if I do blah, 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 and reach this or get to this point in my career, or right. I don't know, whatever it is, get this acting job, get here. Then finally things are okay. It's like, it doesn't work like that. There's no end. And, and like you're saying, if you, I'm the same thing. Like, I think I want to try and, you know, deal with anxiety and different things that bother me in life, but I don't want to ever fully, you know, just get rid of certain, you know, good and bad things that have happened to me because that's forms part of who you are. And, you know, it's like, gives you, I don't know, it's like, it's your own identity and it's giving you, you draw meaning from that. And it's got, I don't know, it's like, we don't need to, you know, I think people are trying to, trying too hard to try and, become something they're not or deal with things, you know, in that way where it's just, it, it's not how it needs to be. It's overcomplicating it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And, and uh, you know, the, the time piece is definitely um, underestimated. You know, I do think it, it, you know, it takes time and consistency and frequency over time of doing the, the little things. And I mean, the one thing it does, you know, it alters your, perception of the world trauma and and you know that is one thing that is like you know you're you're and then it's well even that is you know debatable of you know is it is it is it bad well i'm not as naive as as i was in a lot of situations and perhaps in a lot of situations i was naive and not saying i deserved what the, you know, not just the car accident, but other things that have happened, not saying that, but saying now that, you know, um, able to see things for what they are, but the idea of being in a state of hyper arousal or, or 
as if expecting things to happen again. It's like, well, now, no, because yeah. I now know and I can make a choice, right? That's the, that's the empowerment piece. That's the resiliency piece, I think, is that the idea like, okay, I know what to do if I'm getting this regulate, like, you know, I, I know not to put myself in certain situations, right? It's, um, you know, to, to, which I think before, you know, like I said before, we don't know what we don't know. We will naively walk in to certain, certain uh, things. And sometimes things just happen of no responsibility of our own, but then it's like, well, you know, I'm sure you could trace back something in your life at one point that maybe had the domino effect of ending up where, you know, we, we find ourselves and then it's like, well, how do we rise, the rising above it piece of, oh, okay, well, what do we do now? You know? Totally. Okay. So now it's time to, you know, do the work. <laughs> and, and, and like you said as well, not, you know, trying to, like, I know for me, you know, not, not putting yourself in certain situations, I've learned that. And I guess, I don't know, it's a question for you with sobriety as well. I wanted to ask, you know, um, if I, even to this day, if I went out with a group of people that, you know, are going and just absolutely out to obliterate themselves and, you know, I'll, I'll find it very hard to just have a couple of drinks and then not go on because, you know, I'll, I'll, that thing will click into that self-destructive thing. So I just have to remove yeah. myself from being around those people. Not, not, not all the time. I could meet them in a, you know, day to day during the day or whatever, but not go in those environments. Is that, is that a big thing for you with just making sure you're not in certain circles i guess or certain situations that can provoke it yeah yeah i think that's it it's uh you know i think you know guard your heart right guard your heart it's um you have something worth guarding and uh is it really worth giving away for you know six hours or 24 hours of uh you know fragmented memories and a couple bad decisions um, a good, you know, few laughs. I mean, you know, it, it's it's protecting oneself. I think the idea of having the the purpose, right, the the higher higher purpose uh, and aim, you know, and it can doesn't have to be this grandiose. You know, that was the big thing for me was, was like realizing, like, man, I here I am trying to think I can, you know, my idea of success was so like I couldn't even fucking wake up and keep a schedule let alone and i thought that this i was gonna get this thing and perhaps maybe i could have but how long would i have been able to hold on to it for probably not very long why because i you know and it, so it was like looking being very honest with myself of going well what's the su success piece well you know the, the success piece was you know treating myself w with uh you know a certain degree of um respect i guess and, and care Right, like uh, of going okay. So, and this is what you know. Ha having children, I think certainly like kind of uh, not for everybody, but for me did of like okay, you know they they need structure and they need routine, and it's like holy shit, so do I. It's like you know, so do I. And it's um, and then you start doing it and you realize, God, man, adulting life is hard. Things are hard. It's like and they're hard because it's just tedious and bureaucratic and and just like annoying and frustrating and you know, one thing after another. And then at the same time, it's beautiful. And you get these little moments of reprieve of, and reverie of like, you know, this is incredible and it's all worth it. And, um, but, you know, and then it's like, it's like life on life's terms and going, going into it rather than running away from it, trying to look for the easy way out, right. Trying to shirk the responsibility of, because 
you know, it's boring. That's, that's, that's a part of it. I think it's fucking boring. We get sober and, or we, or not even sober, but we decide to like change something in our lives and it's not glamorous. It's not exciting. It's not like, there's not so much, you know, immediate risk. Right. Uh, and totally. it's, monot- it's monotonous. It's, it's boring, but God, man, it's, it's, uh, after a while it becomes habitual and, and, and then it's a lot easier to walk away when everyone's like, Hey, we're going to the next thing. You know, it's like, well, you know, I got, I got something I got to wake up for like city at Sean at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's, seriously, it's a good reason to get out of bed. Good reason to go to bed early. Um, but yeah. uh, no, I think it's, it's an important message what you're saying there for anyone listening as well. It's like, and you know, I find this hard to this day and, you know, running my business, all the stuff that I'm doing. Um, even with social media, even like making these, like we're talking about these like skits I'm making even before, even those kind of things, like I, even things I enjoy doing to get to regularly do it, you got to be disciplined and, you know, I have to literally set a schedule because I, yeah. I get, I get so bored, you know, running a business. I'm like, fucking hell, like day in, day out, all these logistical things. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to do, I want to do this. I want to just talk to you and have talk to other people and have interviews and, you know, do all the things that actually I feel engaged doing, but you've also got to do all these other things and it is freaking yeah. hard and frustrating and you've got to have that discipline. But then I think it's, it's learning through the um, process of doing it that, you know, when you do stick to that, that discipline, you start seeing results and you start getting more meaning out of it and it grounds you. And, and it is, it's, yeah. it's tough and it's not fun a lot of the time, but it's, it's sort of part of, I think it's reminding yourself that, you know, life isn't meant to be, fun all the time and it, it, it's meant to be hard and i found that really hard to you know always remind myself because i want, wanted to have all these grandiose visions of what my day in day out life is meant to look like and i think now with you know social media we live in a world where everyone's looking at what everyone else is doing and they're all wanting instant gratification right. and we all want you know all these different oh, yeah. things and overnight success and things that aren't real um even if you get them do you really want them they're probably not going to mean anything if you do get it handed to you so yeah i think it's just such a great point what you what you brought up there yeah the compare and despair piece oof yeah compare and yeah. despair man it's brutal i still get it you know it's still uh it's hard not to it's um so hard but, not to. yeah yeah it's so hard not to it's like the and then it's like well you know there's always going to be someone you know better and then the person you're comparing yourself to well they're they're always gonna and then it's like well you know compare yourself to fuck well okay seven years ago i knew nothing and make you know trying to you know comparing yourself to who you were yesterday kind of thing but um, yeah but the discipline piece is is so key i mean i feel like that's uh this time around because i tried to get sober so many times before you know I, i think it took me like a good decade just to get uh to get what was it like 90 days something like that it took me you know <laughs> decades of, in and out and in and out of and, and you know the consequences getting bigger and bigger and, mm. and uh, i think you know the missing piece was always um uh the discipline in small doses right the small dose discipline not like i'm gonna go to the gym every day for two hours and twice a day and i'm gonna be on the strict meal plan and i'm gonna read five books a day and i'm gonna fuck, you know i'm gonna do all these things and Instead, it's just like, let's just see if I can, uh, you know, brush my teeth and take a shower every single morning and, uh, you know, just go to bed and make sure I, you know, hit my knees and give thanks for, you know, the day I had. Just implementing tiny things and then building upon those was the, the biggest 
Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo- loading up other groups. And you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events. We've got courses. We've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. You know, the biggest revelation and help to me of just, you know, stacking, stacking days together. Linking. So, that, well, yeah, no, sorry. No, no, keep going, please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to ask the, with the book, what's the um, Atomic Habits? You know, he talks about linking. Oh, I, um, I actually listened to that like a month ago. I couldn't, couldn't stop. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And it's like, you know, some stuff is so just, it's inherent. We already, we know it. But when someone rephrases it and puts it a certain way, we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's linking. There we go. I think that's what he calls it. Uh, you know, you just get the chains together and you put the calendar and you write down the thing that you do every single day. And if there's a little break, then you start kind of again. And But it's you get so kind of, you know, it's like a, a token economy almost with, with you know, a lot of these 12 step programs is you get the, you get the chips and you get the days together, which I think could be a little detrimental too. you know, I, um, I have my own opinions and thoughts on that. But, um, mm. you know, I think there's a lot more ways to skin a cat uh so to speak and um but yeah yeah because because i guess what it's conditioning that this sort of reward system with the the tokens and things like that or it's sort of not yeah i guess there's probably healthier ways that it could be done yeah i will for me i think the thing that always i i felt such a you know being a failure being a fuck up was kind of one of my you know core beliefs right i, I am Took me a while to figure that out. <laughs> Probably very obvious to other people, uh, but you know this idea that um, you know I, I'm not going to succeed, and it's uh, so the minute I did go back, the minute there was such shame and guilt around it, and oh, you know, back at day one, right, like, right, right. You know, I don't know. It's like, well, I learned from that. You know, I don't think I'm back at day one. You know, I, I learned from that. It's, stupid as it was right i i learned from it and then it's like once again the rise above like well, what am i gonna do am i and then what i would often do is you know pour me pour me pour me another drink and just go into the whole uh self-pity party and and um and go back down the rabbit hole of escape rather yeah. than going okay learn from it what do i do all right don't uh no makes a lot of sense Jesse would blow it two in the morning <laughs> don't revert back no but it makes so much sense what you what you what you're saying with it and and you know it's like i think it can become and i've struggled with this so much where it becomes this the addictive patterns of those you know whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever it is um then it goes to the other extreme like you're saying okay 
fuck this. I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going to train for four hours a day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and, and, you know, that can only yeah. last for a small period of time and then it blows up. So it is finding that way to how do I, um, how do I just, you know, do the basics. I believe habits like with the work that I do with, with um, move your mind and, you know, the stuff the habits are one of the biggest things that I, I talk about. Cause I think yeah. no matter what the hell you're trying to do or achieve, it's, if you just embed a habit, it's, it, it's going to be there, you know, cause we're going to have stuff come up, you know, but if you just got that, that it's the same as eating, sleeping, you know, brushing your teeth, whatever, it's just something you do, then yeah. get the results. It's not a bit, it doesn't have to be, you know, doing huge amounts every day. It's just the consistency. That's the, the hard thing. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Is there one that you found the hardest? Is there one that you still don't like? <laughs> Is there something that you've kind of inculcated into yourself that you still go, fuck it. I hate this. <laughs> There's plenty. There's so, so many. Um, <laughs> exercise yeah. is the one that i love that's the one that i like yeah. i, don't, I guess it came from a this exercise yeah it's like uh, for me that's like the yeah. i mean i it, everyone knows how good it is for you but it's like profound you know how much it's just that clears my head and i have to do it oh, yeah. you know ideally in the mornings um came from a comp- competitive sporting background and that was sort of easy for me to keep doing um what probably oh god i'm trying to think um i mean i find i find it really hard to even just you know get enough sleep, go to, go to bed, not stay up all night, you know, doing other things. I find it hard to, you know, be, be honest with myself. I find it hard to, um, I'm trying to think what daily things, probably, probably the work stuff actually, like it's, you know, my mind is constantly, I'm sitting there and I've got very clear on what I want to do and, you know, things are going in the right way, but then I'll be sitting there having like a mental breakdown, just what the hell am I doing? You know, why has this not happened yet? And the discipline of then just doing the boring work every day um, yeah. with my career, that's probably the hardest. And I have to just, I've got mentors, I've got people I've, you know, that support me that I'm talking to all day, every day, just trying to get reminders and bringing myself back to it. That's probably the hardest one. Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah. Find that's that tough. yeah. What about you? Um. You know, it's, there's the things that I, I I try to do, and there's the things that I try not to do. Um, you know, it's like a, I think waking up early for me has always been a bit of a struggle. Um, once again, and kids certainly help that. Um, but even now, you know, it's like summer break, and I'm like, well, I don't really have to take them to school. You know, it's like I could just sleep in. Um, but now I, you know, I love it once I'm up. Right. It's like great. And uh, but it's it's waking up and then, you know, you listen to people like Jocko Willenick who are like up at 430 and like working out straight away and, you know, discipline equals freedom. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, that's right. And then I'm like, hit snooze, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, but then I realize, hey, shit, I'm, I'm human. You know, it's like sometimes I hit snooze and that's OK, because, um, you know, at least it's not waking up at two in the afternoon hungover, uh, you know wondering whose car I have in the driveway. Um, exactly. You know, you know, so it's, it's, it, it could be worse, but yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a struggle. You're freaking human. Exactly. That's the thing to remind yourself, you know, it's like, and, and all yeah. these things like, sure, it can be good to, you know, and actually that's what I, with anxiety, that's for me. Like I, um, I'm good 
you know, once I get moving and especially at night, my mind's clear, I'm creative, whatever. But morning, when I wake up first thing in the morning, my mind is freaking going a million miles an hour. And I find it so hard just to get out of bed and start moving. And it's crazy because like if I can just get out of bed, do some exercise, five minutes in, mind's opened up, you know, you're feeling good, positive, excited about things. But that moment I wake up, my mind's just going crazy thinking, you know, what are you, your life's a failure. What are you doing? This is, you're a fuck up, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything's yeah. fucked. Everything. Yeah. It's just like this crazy thing and every single day. And that's, that's probably, yeah, just reminded me of that. Then I'm just like, fuck, it's just, that's the hardest part. Just like trying to wake up and get moving. And it's a, that is like Groundhog Day every single day, yeah. no matter what's happening. So that's the hard one. Have you ever heard of uh, morning pages? I have. I, I did it for a while. Yeah, I still do it. I still do it. And for that exact reason that you just said. The, the do you do up, it with yeah. like free, free writing? Like where you, you sort of just wake up and just write. Yeah. Just- free. Oh, I have st- stacks and stacks of these things. Um, you know? Yeah. When I first started doing it, I think I wrote the word fuck like uh, for three pages straight for about thir- <laughs> 13 months in a row. Uh, just fuck, 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 fuck. Just over and over. But that was it because it's just get it out. And then eventually it just kind of comes and, um, you know, those, those negative thoughts, are, you know, better out than in. And, uh, and then, you know, I never, I've never opened, I've never, I've been doing them now for quite a while, like years, and I've never opened them to look at them ever. I'm almost scared wow. to. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to, I guess. It's just like a way to no, get the thoughts out. Yeah. Yeah. Just a way to get the thought. I'll do that in the middle of the night too. Sometimes not full three pages, like she says in the, in the artist's way, but just to. That's, yeah. That's where I got it from. So when I did acting school, yeah, we read The Artist's Way. I love, love that book, actually. Remind, I haven't thought about that book for a while. I might reread it, but yeah. that's, yeah. So that's where you, that's what got me into doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's very powerful. It's very, very powerful. That's yeah. good. Good reminder. I might get back into that. So you do it like mornings. You would you do it as well. Yes. Yeah. So most mornings. Yeah. I have a desk in, in my bedroom, especially for it. Um, you know, to wake up and and to do that. And uh, you know, it, it's um, you know the negative thoughts. I got They're not as bad as they they used to be. And it's also like like I've created a weird little mental avatar of. Uh, you know, my, my, my asshole self, um, in my head who talks to me, like it's, you know, I've given him a name and he has a certain like look and, uh, you know, so it's not necessarily so, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a part of me, but it's not all of me. And I'm able to refute him a little better these days, you know, but mentalizing him as something, you know, other, you know, like a part of me, but not me. Right, as as totally. helped, yeah. And uh, but I'll ask him questions too. But I have you know other parts of you know, the, you know myself that'll ask questions. It's a very weird thing. But uh, um, you know, kind of uh, active imagination exercises. You know, very um, kind of the Jungian school of uh, what's that book? Uh, King, warrior, magician, lover. Um, talks about that a lot. These kind of active active imagination exercises of you know imagining the archetypal king with inside of you you know and, and then it's the, the the duality of each the archetypal magician right uses technology you could use technology for you know malevolence or you could use it for you know for the light you can yeah. you know, and then the lover you know, obviously you can use that for 
good or bad. And so it's the, the duality of all these things and realizing when they come to play, but actually envisioning them and talking to them in writing, like asking them what they want and negotiating with them essentially and saying, well, okay, maybe I can't, you know, leave the house right now and, you know, go get a bag of blow and a ball of vodka and disappear into the desert on a heart. You know, maybe that's not the answer right now, but how about, you know, if you really want to, we'll go for a quick little run around the block at two in the morning. That seems kind of wild enough. And okay, fine. That'll do, you know, this, totally, <laughs> this kind totally. of uh, weird little jargon. Um, yeah. So sounds crazy, but it's not. No, it's not. And, and that's why, again, why I started doing these like skits where it's just trying to show that where, because I find it mm-hmm. hilarious and even, like the and people relate like since i started putting that people are all commenting saying oh my god that you know i, I relate you i get like you know 20 30 messages every time i put them up sometimes you know way more and people want to hear that kind of stuff i guess because it is like this voice that i think comedy is such a good way to you know make light of these things and even yeah. when you're talking about it there i was thinking fuck we should we should make some skits together and you know there's so many funny things we could you know, it's just never ending, oh, yeah. you know, mine of like information that you can do to get that, that across. And it's a good way to yep. try and get people to relate. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, man. Um, so what are, what are some things, I mean, you talked, we talked a little bit about it before, but are there daily things you do at the moment that like in your own for yourself that, that help you um, for our listeners, I guess, to, to learn from? Um, yeah, you know, it's a 10 year anniversary of Underbrax and we've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health currently to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbrax.com. So I think, you know, there's, there's the. I don't know. I look at it like as the you know, mind, mind, body, soul kind of aspect. And, and then there's all the other realms of, you know, financial and relationships and all these kind of, uh, I can tend to compartmentalize things a lot. And, but it's like, it becomes a game of whack-a-mole and you know, get one thing sorted and another thing pops up. And, um, you know, meditation has always been a little hard for, for me. Uh, I do try and do it, but um, more, I like the kind of mindfulness meditation of just trying to, you know, being aware of what's going on inside us uh, of the thoughts and just watching Alan Watts has a great meditation thing on YouTube that I used to do quite a bit where he's like, you know, um, he's like, just listen to my voice. He's like, you don't have to do anything. He's like this. If the, he's like, do you have to control the sunlight? Is it, is it the sun creating the light or is it your eyes creating the light? He's like, think about it. And so, you know, and you're just kind of listening and going along, but breath work, is something I've been doing, um, you know, obviously Wim Hof became super big, uh, a while back. And, um, I was doing holyotropic breathing before that, uh, and then kind of like, uh, alkaline breathing, which is very similar to Wim Hof, but I, I picked that up in one of my many rehab stints. And, um, you know, that was like, you know, I never really had these emotional breakthroughs in group therapy or anything you know, like that in individual, I did groups. It was always hard. Um, but man, first time I did uh, 30 minutes of breath work, it like tapped into something, um, you know, uh, just the nervous system and things in your body. I was cramping up and, you know, wanting to quit and, and uh, 
yeah, that was really powerful. So I try and do that. You know, I was doing it every day uh, recently. Things have just, you know, I should probably amp it up because of these things. But, you know, my wife's six months pregnant. Um, and so and we're looking to move again soon. And just a lot of life things where uh, I'm probably doing it three or four times a week right now, but not every day. But when I was doing it every day, um, you know, it was it was. I actually would really look forward to it. And it was kind of a little natural high too. It's like you, you get a little buzz from it and uh, clarity, you know, you're oxygenating your bloodstream in, in, the, in the brain. And so, um, but, you know, I, I uh, have some spiritual practices that I do, you know, every, every day. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely, uh, you know, big on that. You know, I think, uh, I don't know, for me, um, for, you know, for me personally, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's about a relationship with, you know, uh, something divine and the sacred and, and trying to, uh, you know, tap into that and, and come at, allow the world to come at me from that whilst being in that place, you know, so it doesn't become yep. over-personalized, you know? Um, so whatever that is, you know, to others. And I think, I think the writing, if, you know, if you don't know, if you're completely against it, you know, that's, that's okay too. It's, um, but the idea that, that, you know, we can, uh, we can do things that are in our control. And I usually think it's the breath, you know, the other big thing, I'll just add this really quick. I know we're super over time, but, um, you know, in order to control like the breathing thing, I always found like meditation and stuff, you know, a little too woo woo and out there. And I didn't mm. like it in, in my mind, especially back in the day, it wasn't masculine enough. It wasn't, it's like, I don't want to sit on a pillow and fucking meditate, get out of here. And then, um, and then I started doing jujitsu and, uh, my, you know, my amazing teacher at the time, he's like, you got to breathe. You got to breathe. He's like, he's like, you're just walk, you walk around like this all the time. He's like, all the time, he's like, he's like, you won't last two seconds in there like that. He's like, he's like, learn to control your breath. He's like, because he's like, just as he's coming at you, he's like, life is going to come at you. And he's like, if you don't learn to breathe with it and go with it and, and to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, right. And to regulate your nervous system, he's like, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're not going to, your whole prefrontal cortex shuts down and you're running on, you know, fight or flight and, and you're going to make bad mistakes and, it was just so eye-opening. So I—that's really what got me into it. Was uh, was being in in you know physically stressful situations. I was boxing too, um, and did a couple little amateur fights. But it, the idea of mm, mm. regulating oneself um, through the breath, and all of a sudden it became like, oh, how do I practice this without you know? being on the mat or in the ring well okay i guess i'm i'm gonna try meditation so that's kind of how i got into it it was more about learning how to breathe it's so important we, we don't teach yeah. in school right we should teach that stuff in school that's like we should be we, teaching that we should be we don't yeah no thank you for sharing all of those as well i i love what you're saying and and just quickly to you know um to sort of go over it it's sort of the the message of having that sort of surrendering to things and you know not you know we have these things that are good for us to do but not having to be so 
um, rigid with ourselves about it. But the yeah, the breathing thing, I, I learned that in acting and I got into acting pretty late, but I was like, oh, you breathe through your belly and not yeah. through your, your chest. And I would be like that on holding it all in. And it's, it's yeah. so weird. Like why the hell are we not taught this fundamental freaking thing that like really is one of the most important parts of every single moment of our life. We're not doing it properly. Um, we're not taught. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. We need, need to educate people about it. Yeah. 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 That's yep. interesting. Um, I'm trying to teach my daughter. She never wants to hear. She's like, shut up, dad. <laughs> you and <laughs> your, and, and, she, and then I start, I, I start doing my breathing techniques and she hates it. She's like, she's like, <laughs> she slams her door. She's like, she's like, it freaks like, me out. It's <laughs> 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 so funny. Yeah. Um, look, I know, yeah, we are, we are over time, but I've got, I've got five closing questions we finish with. Um, so yeah. these are the sort of quick answers, whatever comes to mind. But before we go into that, I, at the beginning, and you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but you'd said you had an interesting Robin Williams story. I'm a huge fan. There's so many people of him is, is, are you able to share that story or if, if it's a personal one, you don't want to share it completely fine as well. I just was interested when you mentioned that. Oh God. Yeah. So it was just, so it's, um, my dad was doing Mrs. Doubtfire at the time. I think I was about 10. Yeah. About yeah, 10 years old. And um, and he, yeah, I didn't really know about actors or anything. I didn't care. I, I liked the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was my thing. I was like throwing pizza boxes <laughs> down into the sewer. Um, and uh, <laughs> and he was like, Would you like to meet Mrs. Doubtfire? And I was sure. And uh, so he brought me over. He goes, Mrs. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire. And there's Robin, you know, in the full regalia, dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire. And, uh, you know, I thought it was this sweet old lady. And um, he goes, oh, hello. So nice to meet you. And then he was like, he said, do you want to meet my dog? And I was like, uh, yeah. He goes, oh, it's a very tiny dog. It's in my purse. And he brings his purse over, all very slow. It just amazing. Buying it hook, line, and sinker. And he goes, just put your hand in the purse. And I go to put my hand in the purse. He goes, look at the purse. And I, I jumped back. He scared the hell out of me. I was 10 years old. I burst out crying. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, kid. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, in his normal voice, oh, he's yeah. like, I'm sorry. I'm just like looking at him like, what is going on? He's like, oh, Robin, Robin, nice to meet you. And, uh, That's and hilarious. That was my, yeah, that was my uh, that was my introduction, to, you know, of meeting Robin Williams, but actually really meeting Mrs. Doubtfire. So it's, so, uh, so then you're probably traumatized when you saw the film. You're like, oh, get me away from that. That uh, as a ten year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I show my daughter it. My daughter loves that movie. It's so. I've funny. seen it. I've seen it like twenty times. It's so it's so good. It's a nostalgic sort of film. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a classic it's now. A, it's like such a classic. It's amazing. It's it's uh, it's like a Christmas movie, right? It, they release it. It's like a Christmas film now exactly exactly it is it's yeah. one of those ones you know it's so, so nostalgic well yeah thank you for sharing it mate and um and everything you've shared on on the podcast it's been you know so i think i could you know do we we need more time you know i'd love to do another follow-up one in the future because i think there's so many yeah. other things we can we can talk about and love what you're doing but um just to, to finish up yeah they and these can be quick whatever you know short answer whatever comes to mind but we just finish everyone with these five questions um the first one is, you know, what did you like most about your childhood? The freedom. Love it. Um, what do you think is the biggest burden on mental health in society today? Oof. 
or one of them because yeah, obviously there's quite a few. Yeah. There. Say social media. Agree that that's actually funny. That comes up, I would say, ninety five percent of the time. That's what people. Yeah. Which I I agree. I agree. Social media and family systems. Yeah. You know, family systems. I think. Uh, yeah. It's huge. Breakdown of the the family is. Uh, it, you know, I, I see a, a lot of that, and um, yeah, so. Uh, those those two and i think social media has a role they, they interrelate you know we're not going to get it from our primary caregivers we'll, we'll get it from our peers and uh you know it's a lot of uh kids raising kids 100 percent, 100 percent. so true that's a whole topic in itself. We could probably record a podcast on that topic. <laughs> that's yeah. It's like yeah. It's a big. It's a big one. Um, what What's your personal definition of happiness? Oh God! Just, you know, hearing my wife and daughter laugh. Uh, love know, that. I think seeing joy in others, uh, really in the others that I, I love and them not knowing that I'm watching. Love it. Love it. Um, two more here. So what, what are you most afraid of? Uh, God. I mean, instantly, you know, losing one of my children. Yeah. No, no bigger, um, no bigger fear than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, actually, you know, that, that's, that's something that like, because I've lost, you know, my mother and my sister and, you know, lost a lot of friends, but like, uh, you know, I talk about, you know, the intrusive thoughts, right. This is where the trauma piece comes in, of, you know, a thought of, uh, you know, just, get an image of something mm. happening to my daughter. Right? And it's a very vivid, disturbing mm. image that is highly intrusive. And I get it at the weirdest times. Like that weird, this weird twitch that goes with it. It's a very, uh, you know, there was a, there was a thing that I started practicing. It's a CBT tool, you know, playing the mm. tape forward. Mm. I mean, it's a very extreme, very, like I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for, for this, you know, you can do it, but um, the golden rule is don't do it for too long, right? Do it for no more than like five minutes. But, you know, in the, in the Stoics, we call it like a premeditation of evils where, you know, if the thought keeps coming out, instead of running from it, we're trying to disregard it. And I've done this a few times. It's very powerful, but you, uh, you go into it and you go, okay, well, what happens if that happens? And oh my God, I'd be fucking wrecked. And I don't want condolences. And I don't want the funeral. I don't want, you know, flowers at my doorstep. I don't want to see the bedroom anymore. And, I, and you go into the grief and you really feel it. And then you go, well, what happens three months from then? Okay. I'm still wrecked and pulling it together. I'm trying to. The room's still untouched. I can't bring myself to it six months from then. Okay. Maybe the room's, you know, some things to put away. A couple of things are still there. I'm maybe back in work. Okay. I'm going about my life. I'm still wrecked. Okay. You're out. Where am I? Okay, it's it's the anniversary. 
I'm crying my eyes out, but there's you know some semblance of peace because I've done the work. I'm working mm. through it. Okay, two years out, you know, and you kind of flash forward this whole thing, and you kind of come to the realization that, you know, as awful as things may be, that you know, we can get through it. Right? It'll always be with us. But you play the tape out, right? Rather than running from a thought, and it kind of desensitizes you to the thought but you also kind of you know we're stronger than we think we are and uh god i can you know you can withstand in, in just the gratitude for oh, god and then you run back in the room and you go i love you and you grab yeah. him and you go i love you so much god i love you so much and you forget about it you know and you go yeah. about living life but that's really yeah. powerful man yeah no thank you for sharing that i mean you just made me i'm gonna use that in my own life and it's it's such a it's such a powerful technique what you're talking about there i'll, I'll yeah really like that um so fi- final one um what are you most proud of um oh my daughter for sure you know my daughter my my, my daughter yeah yeah, to, and, really and, her. and you got another 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 kid on the way so yeah congratulations on that as well it's super exciting mate um yeah thank you little boy i'm uh amazing. terrified terrified of him already <laughs> now <I'm joking. laughs> like oh yeah. god uh, so that's great yeah well mate thank you again and for our listeners i'll put in the show notes if they want to learn more about you um where can where should we send them What's the, where's the best place? So, yeah, you know, at the moment, um, I've been so busy uh, in my private practice and still in my kind of inchoate stages of being a psychotherapist and, and growing and learning and, um, and, and juggling life at the same time. Um, you know, I have a website uh, called The Counselor. It's kind of my... Uh, you know, counselor spelled with S O U L. So, count the soul counselor, the counselor, or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So, the counselor.com. And then that's also my Instagram handle is uh, the counselor with S O U L. And, you know, right now I'm, I'm actually writing a, a, a book I'm just researching right now. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what major topics to hit. And now that I have a boy, it's throwing me all. For a loop um because i'm the right one another one for him but you know amazing it's got a very morose title but it was something like you know in case your dad's not here like you know life lessons from your father um so it, you know specifically for my daughter but it could be for um you know and just things i'm learning from others and my own personal experiences as well as you know psychoeducation and how to navigate you know relationships um kids of their own uh, money, you know, credit scores, you know, these things that, uh, <laughs> we don't know, get sometimes taught. we, yeah, we, yeah, we don't get taught and, um, how to breathe and just like, you know, how to go through grief and, uh, you know, how to, how to love yourself and, uh, how to accept yourself. Um, and all, all these kind of, and it goes through different headings of like, you know, one is love and one is money and one is kids, relationships, trauma, etc. Um, and so I'm going to probably change the title, but yeah, I'm going to probably be doing something on that and putting, putting little excerpts on, on my website of 
what I'm learning and, and um, little things about what I'm writing about. And so, yeah. And then, you know, if anyone's in the, in the States, uh, you know, feel free and if anyone's looking for, for help, um, I'm more than happy to, to speak to anyone, you know. Yeah, well, anyone listening, you know, we'll have the links in in the show description. Um, and yeah, reach out, reach out to Sean if you're looking for anything in this area. And um, mate, the the work you and that book, by the way, that's something I wish I had when I was a kid. And that's it. Really sounds like that's needed. So I love that idea of what you're doing, and love everything you're doing. And you know, thank you, number one, thank you just for for being so open. I've really enjoyed this chat. Really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, I hope we can just stay in touch in general because I yeah genuinely love what you're doing, and I think you. You, I'm sure you're already helping so many people and you will help so many. And I think it's really powerful. Um, so thank you. And um, really appreciate you coming on. Oh man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. This has been appreciate great. It. So appreciate honored it, to be on. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. No, I've loved it. Appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Until next time, we should do it again. Until next time, round two. And and we got there after this was take three, we got there. So we'll um we'll yeah. go into round seamlessly go into round two. But yeah, appreciate it, mate. Exactly. Alright, brother. Thanks to Sean Brosnan for joining me today for Move Your Mind. And just a reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com slash book, and you can join the Move Your Mind community by going to moveyourmind.me. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>